It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast for Week 4 in the National Football League. And it is presented by FantasyPoints.com. This week, you might need it more than ever before with all the different things going on. Go to FantasyPoints.com. Put the code FEAST in so you get that super secret discount and then you can win. I'm 2-1 and one in the Fantasy Feast League, feeling pretty good about it. Most of you probably already know my name is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Although I really don't count the Browns that much at Ross Tucker NFL Twitter Instagram Facebook all of the shows get posted to at Ross Tucker pod so you know when they are ready and they all get posted to YouTube youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL so you can see what we look like the conviction with which we say things and maybe most importantly see the social media clips which are the best clips of the other shows so you know exactly what you're missing or what you should get from those shows. The star of this show, his name is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. You know him, you love him. All the patrons talk about him all the time. Patreon.com slash RT Media. He does, in fact, work for Fantasy Points. Actually, he's a co-owner of FantasyPoints.com. They are killing it. And we need you this week, Joe. We need you quite a bit. Let's just dive right into it. No time to dilly-dally. We'll get to all the Steelers-Titans stuff a little bit later. But we got Thursday night football. I'm going to be there. Broncos and the Jets. The Brett Rippon era begins in Denver, Joe. Oh, this is an utterly trash game, Ross. (laughs) Let's be frank with it. Uh, let, Let me start with the Jets. There is one player you can consider starting. It's either Jamison Crowder or Braxton Berrios. Whether Jamison Crowder plays, you can. If Jamison Crowder plays, he's the guy you can consider. Uh, Braxton Berrios is the guy. If Jamison Crowder doesn't play, those are the two guys you can consider for the Jets. Forget about the rest of them. Why waste time thinking about them? This team is garbage. For the Broncos, it's a slightly bit more interesting kind of ordeal. Doing a little bit of reading, uh, Nick Cosmeter from the Athletic was talking about how. The Broncos are really, really uh, impressed with how Brett Rippon handles pressure and gets the ball out quickly. They've taken 13 sacks the last two weeks. One of the reasons Jeff Driscoll uh, got benched is because they didn't trust him in terms of his processing at all. So when I hear that, that they're getting the ball out quickly, that's kind of what their their plan is. My whole thing is like, really kind of sounds like the tight end is going to be involved here. And no offense, been the number two tight end in fantasy to Travis Kelsey this year so far. So I would think this is a big Noah Fant game. Uh, Jerry Judy, I expect a breakout's going to be coming soon. Um, keep an eye on the backfield, though, Ross, because Philip Lindsay is practicing in a limited fashion this week with that toe injury. Vic Fangio said he's getting closer to returning. Um closer to returning. I don't know if that means he's going to play here on the short week or if he's more likely for week five. But if Philip Lindsay returns with all the injuries the Broncos have, including putting Elijah Wilkinson, the right tackle on IR, he, they're now down to their third right tackle um, because Juwan James opted out. 
If Philip Lindsay plays, Melvin Gordon is now relegated to a flex play. I, I can't consider Lindsay, but the, the guys I like in this game are Judy and Noah Fant. Interesting. Um, I will say this. I, I watched the whole tape of the Broncos game prepping. I'll be on the uh, on the call tomorrow night with Ian Eagle on Westwood One Radio. Yeah. And Brett Rippon did a nice job getting the ball out of his hand and knowing where to go with it. He was yeah. accurate. He threw a pick you know, at the end of that series, but he was bing, bang, boom, getting the ball out, which you could not say about Jeff Driscoll. No. I think their O-line struggling. I think that's as much as any why they elected to go with Brett Rippon. Let's get to the Sunday 1 o'clock games, and we'll go Baltimore and Washington. Ravens got stymied on yep. Monday night. I am not happy with Greg Roman right now. I felt like they got away from the run, even on the first drive. But now they face Washington without Ioannidis and Chase Young. Yeah, this is a, I think this is a balance back game for the Raven offense. And Ross, you know, like it's gotten to the point where like all of a sudden you're like, I, like I was watching that game on Monday night with my two eyes. Okay. Lamar Jackson did not play well. You know, just because he won the MVP last year doesn't mean he's immune to having a, a, a bad game, nor does it mean it, he's immune to you pointing it out when he has a bad game. He threw the ball like crap in that game. Didn't help that Mark Andrews had a couple of drops. I understand that. But Marquise Brown could have had two big plays, including a touchdown. Lamar just missed them. I expect they're going to bounce back this week in a huge way against a shorthanded Washington defense. Lamar Jackson, start him. Hollywood Brown, start him. Mark Andrews, start him. The problem here has been the backfield. They don't know how to break this thing down. Mark Ingram's averaging under 10 touches per game. J.K. Dobbins looks like he's popping off a play every time he touches the ball, and he's getting like five touches a game. I don't understand what's going on here. Um, I, I think at this point, Ingram is a weak flex, and J.K. Dobbins is like a prayer flex right now. The breakdown in the backfield, it's like they almost have too much in that backfield. And like you said, Greg Roman kind of getting away from the run that didn't help either, but they have too much in the backfield and they're not running enough plays. I think they're bottom three in plays run in the NFL thus far. Um, now you expect that on some level because of how explosive they can be, but uh, it, it's all been adding up to a really disappointing fantasy start for the Baltimore Ravens. For Washington, Ron Rivera is already talking like Dwayne Haskins might not be long for that job. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. Obviously, we talked a lot about Terry McLaurin. Thoughts on the Washington guys in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, Washington's got two guys you can really play. I mean, Lo Logan Thomas is worth being on rosters because he plays a lot and he gets targeted a lot. But you're not going to feel good about playing him. Antonio Gibson's a flex right now. Um, his usage has been mildly encouraging. He was up over 60% of the snaps in week two, but he was down to like 40% in week three. That was a little disappointing for me. Uh, and you play Terry McLaurin every week. I understand this is a really bad matchup uh, against the Ravens secondary, and it's a horrible matchup for Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't – Washington's going to have a new quarterback next year. They might have a new quarterback in a couple of weeks. Dwayne Haskins has done nothing to impress me uh, so far in his career, and it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately or what-have-you-done-for-me at all league in the NFL. Uh, fortunately, McLaurin is matchup and quarterback proof. Uh, but this, if there's a week for him to show that mm, maybe not as much as we think, it's probably this one against Baltimore coming off of a really ugly loss to the Chiefs. 
All right, so now we need to address the Steelers mm-hmm. and the Titans. We are recording this 12.40 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. The latest is that the game will be postponed, perhaps Monday, perhaps Tuesday, maybe even postponed longer than that if more positives pop up yeah. for the Tennessee Titans. Let's pretend like it's Tuesday, Joe. Let's just okay. do kind of a worst-case scenario this will be the featured game for us for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Who knows? I mean, if it ends up being Tuesday night, maybe they'll do a one-night thing on, on the DraftKings app for DFS. You never know. But I guess my thought, my questions are first, I guess, how how do you play this if you have James Conner or Derrick Henry or guys like that this week? Well, the thing you have to do is, uh, at the very least right now, put those guys in your flex spots. So it gives you more flexibility to make a change on on Sunday, if need be, even into Monday. The issue is here, Ross, if we get positive tests on Monday for the the Titans, they're going to have to push this game back. And it probably isn't going to count on the week four slate anymore. So that is a really big issue now if it – you're going to be taking a gamble because even if the Titans, I think they had one more positive test here uh, on, we're recording this on Wednesday. So they had one more positive test on Wednesday. That's a quote unquote good sign that it hasn't really expanded too much, but you know, everything I've read epidemiologists say it could take two, four, five, six, even a week for these things to pop up. So I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist here, but I don't think we're out of the woods when it comes to the Titans. Now, if we go into Thursday and Friday and it looks like this thing has been managed, I'm probably just going to take the risk that this game is uh, might, not, might not be played if it looks like it probably will be played. But those are the problems. So James Conner, Derrick Henry, Jonu Smith, um, anybody else you might be considering, if you have a quarterback in this game, probably it's the easiest position to replace for fantasy, at least in one quarterback leagues. Plan on starting somebody else. All those other guys, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, put them in your flex. Give yourself as much time to make a decision. But you have to understand that there is an opportunity here that, or a chance here that on Tuesday, we wake up on Tuesday morning and Adam Schefter reports there have been five more positive tests in the Titans organization and this game is postponed to a later date and it will not count for week four. Uh, and you're going to take zeros there. So I think that's what's going to happen work around, see what your fantasy league uh, uh, site, whether it's Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, has any rules here. Hey, if this game's played in week eight, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to retroactively put those with week four. I doubt that's what's going to happen, but those are all things that have to be considered. This is where your commissioner has to put his big boy pants on. Got it. Very interesting, Joe. Um, I guess, you know, so it makes sense with the flex and all that stuff and giving yourself flexibility. Does it even make sense during this DraftKings focus segment? Which is interesting because yeah, right now the, the, the game's not even on the book on, on the sports book app. You can't even get to the Steelers Titans game. Yeah. However, you know, who knows? If it ends up being Tuesday night, maybe it'll be a DraftKings Bonanza DFF game. You know, it might yeah. be a single game slate. But what do you um is it is it worth Breaking down the matchups for these guys, or is it just put them Ugh. in the flex? I'm just like I'm just like put them in the flex right now. And and one thing you can also do, just as a commissioner tip, 
if you're on a site that allows like the commissioner to make changes retroactively, one thing you could do is say, hey, if you are playing Titans Steelers on Tuesday, on Sunday or even on Thursday, before the Thursday night game, say, I am going to allow you as the commissioner to designate a replacement player where if you have, say, Derrick Henry uh, and Derrick Henry doesn't go, you designate a replacement player that says whatever that player on my bench puts up on Sunday, that goes in my lineup. You can't do it after the player plays. Oh, I've got this guy on my bench who put 30 points on the board. Put him in my lineup. No. Maybe you say, hey, I've got – I've got uh, Antonio Gibson on my bench, and if he and if Derrick Henry doesn't play, Antonio Gibson is the guy whose production I want in my lineup. You designate that before the game. I think that's a fair way to approach things if you're a commissioner. But I would anticipate that most leagues are just going to say, "Hey, if uh, if, if these, this game does not get played this week, you, you're going to be taking zero. So be careful." Let's move on. Chargers at the Bucks. I had somebody tweet us. Maybe it was on the Even Money podcast. No, you know what? It was on YouTube, Joe. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. They're still backing. <laughs> excuse me. They're still backing Ronald Jones. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, like, I mean, why, why are people so desperate for Ronald Jones to be a thing? Now, look. I'm not saying he should be dropped. Like he's a he's a useful player to have on your roster just because you can plug him in and and uh, and you can get a, a start out of him in in um in, in a pinch. But we're talking about a guy here who has 182 yards from scrimmage and 43 touches through three games and one touchdown. The only time he topped. 10 fantasy points in a PPR is when he scored a touchdown in his worst game of the season so far in week two against Carolina when he had eight, when he had uh, 27 yards from scrimmage and he lost that fumble. I mean, his snaps were up to 51%. He and Leonard Fournette are both like low-end flex plays to me right now. People are so desperate for Ronald Jones to be a thing. He should be on your roster, but I mean, he is a low-end flex play right now. What about... Uh, other guys for the Bucks. God wins out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Justin Justin Watson also has a shoulder injury. So I'd be looking at this and saying, um, let's look at it. let's look at this from a perspective of Scotty Miller's going to play a little bit more. Um, uh, Mike Evans is obviously in your lineup, despite he had he Mike Evans has had two Jerome Bettis games, which we do not expect from wide receivers. In week one, he had one catch for two yards and a touchdown. In week three, he had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Those are Jerome Bettis lines. So welcome to Canton, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, But he's in your lineup for sure uh, in this matchup. Chris Harris is on IR. So I like Scotty Miller uh, for for Tampa Bay. And Gronk showed some signs of life last week. So maybe Gronk is somebody now who you can start looking at as as a useful fantasy option and Tom Brady, with uh, with all the injuries that the Chargers have defensively, um, Tom Brady is somebody who's on the QB1 radar. For instance, I would start Brady over Roethlisberger or Tannehill in an instant right now, knowing, knowing that that game might get postponed even further. On the other side, for the Chargers, what are you thinking? Herbert, again, put up some numbers. 
Justin Herbert's made two career starts. He now has two games of 300 yards passing, which is more than Tyrod Taylor has in his entire career. He has only one. Uh, now, obviously, Tyrod does some things with his legs, but Herbert isn't useless on the ground as well. The Justin Herbert, I, I don't want to overreact to two games, but he has been willing to uncork the ball, and it has raised the floor and the ceiling of this entire offense for fantasy for me. I fully admit it. I faded Keenan Allen this offseason because I didn't think it was going to be a high-volume passing game with Tyrod Taylor in there at quarterback. Well, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert have a serious rapport right now. Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert have a rapport right now. Hunter Henry has kind of quietly put up 10 or more fantasy points in PPR in all three of his games thus far. So you have all of these guys who are really taking a step forward. Mike Mike Williams has been dinged up, though. Uh, He's been the guy who's been kind of um, playing from behind the eight ball. And uh, I don't think this is a great matchup for for Joshua Kelly as well. I expect the Bucs to put a lot of points on the board in this game and kind of run away with it. But Eckler, Keenan Allen, these are RB1 and wide receiver one right now. And I am fully admitting, raising my hand here, I faded Keenan Allen because I didn't like the fit with Tyrod Taylor. And quite frankly, I didn't anticipate that Justin Herbert would come out firing the way he's come out firing. But Keenan Allen, if you drafted him said, oh man, he's too good to fall to the sixth round, you've hit the, you've hit, you flopped the nuts here. You've hit the jackpot. Seahawks are on fire on offense. Carson got that Gator death roll in that, that was terrible power game. And last game out, Fitzpatrick came out and was chucking all over the place. Could be a high-scoring game. Could be a lot of fantasy points for the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the Seahawks defense has been really bad thus far this year. Jamal Adams might not play in this game, which opens up uh, streaming possibilities for Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game. Uh, So, Devontae Parker, he started to look a little bit better. Preston Williams got in the box last week. So, uh, I think these these wide receivers for Miami are on the wide receiver three radar and Gesicki is on the tight end one radar. Um, it looked like he was going to be on his way to another big game there, but he only caught one pass against Jacksonville. Fortunately, it was for a touchdown. Uh, Miles Gaskin, low-end RB2, high-end flex. He is the back for, for Miami right now. They have no reason to go to Jordan Howard or Matt Breida, both of whom are droppable at this point. So Fitzpatrick is on the quarterback streaming uh, 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 kind, of, uh, kind of pathway in this game. The Seahawks, Ross, what's the word we use? Narrow. I love the Seattle Seahawks for fantasy because your decision-making is taken out of it. I don't want any more questions about whether DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett are benchable. They are not. You can never bench these guys. The only problem I have with them is I always pick the wrong freaking one for DFS. Like I used DK Metcalf last week and imagine me, uh, I'm watching him get Leon Leonard and I'm really PO'd about that. Uh, let me guess that DK isn't going to be uh, jogging into the end zone anytime soon. Uh, but uh, I always pick the wrong one for DFS, but for season long, both these guys are weekly starters. Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers are in a battle royale for the MVP award right now. Russell Wilson, I think, would be ahead um, given his play so, so far. They are letting him cook. He is a hammer quarterback one. And at running back, if Chris Carson cannot play this week with that knee sprain after that dirty play, uh, Carlos Hyde, solid RB2. They're still going to run it, uh, but they, they have truly and honestly let Russ cook this year, and it has been a beautiful sight for fantasy. Minnesota is at Houston. They're both 0-3. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Rudolph had that incredible catch, and they still lost. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Texans scored 21 points in the first half against the Steelers, and then they did nothing. 
<sighs> well, uh, here's the thing with the Texans. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to give it up to Deshaun Watson. I thought he played a pretty good game, given the circumstances. Um, Next-gen stats before last week had kind of posted that Deshaun Watson had been maybe the league's worst quarterback against both the blitz and in standard pressure. So, um, so Justin, uh, so excuse me, Deshaun Watson, I thought acquitted himself pretty well in that game against Pittsburgh, despite those things. The schedule is starting to open up for the Texans. And the thing I want to see now is, are, is the fact that this team has been really poor for fantasy merely a function of the schedule? Or is it because it's just a poorly put together team? Um, Brandon Cooks has been a ghost. Uh, he, I don't think you can start him at this point. Randall Cobb's been mediocre. I, I take a shot on Will Fuller in this game for sure. Minnesota secondary has not been very good. So Will Fuller is somebody that I want in my lineup. And I want Watson in my lineup. But um, after a breakout or kind of a breakout, a re-breakout week number one game for David Johnson, he has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Bill O'Brien this week, it seems to sit to suggest that he placed the blame on the offensive line and the fact that there were no holes. But David Johnson has not looked encouraging the last two weeks after, you know, week one making us think, did we miss this one? So to me, I'm, I'm upgrading all of those guys, but it's still a wait and see game for me for Houston because I, I don't think I can just say, well, the schedule was tough, so got to fire up Brandon Cooks this week. I want to see it before I do that. And for the Vikings? Uh, so uh, speaking of a wait and see, uh, oh, among quarterbacks uh, who have started all three games thus far, Kirk Cousins, uh, Let me. Um, I think he's either last or second to last in the NFL in pass attempts, only with Lamar Jackson in, in contention for that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's below him, but Kirk Cousins is second to last in pass attempts. So when it comes to Just, Justin Jefferson, obviously people are excited to pick him up. You should have picked him up. He should be rostered in every league right now. But I'm wondering if that might be a little bit of a blip on the radar kind of game because this is not a high-volume passing offense. And I still expect Adam Thielen to lead this team in targets. So I think Jefferson's more of a wide receiver three this week. I'm still playing Thielen as a wide receiver two. And Dalvin Cook, look, he played the game of his life last week. He's obviously in your lineup. Kirk Cousins is not throwing the ball well enough, nor are the tight ends getting enough action for me to consider anybody else on this team right now. Alexander Madison, we thought he might be involved a little bit bit more right now he's only a bench stash as a handcuff new orleans is at detroit alvin Kamara, obviously a freak what else you got for the saints that's kind of a bad fantasy team right now ross uh we'll see uh, about michael thomas the, the the lions coverage has been really poor to this point jeffrey akuda as you might expect from a rookie corner uh grading out extremely poorly according to pro football focus uh um, they'll, they'll move Michael Thomas around anyway. Um, I think Drew Brees is a solid QB one this week. Um, I really wish they would knock off the Taysom Hill crap. I, I mean, he, he fumbles. Uh, it's it's really it's really uh, frustrating right now. But um, uh, Michael Thomas, I think uh, if he's back, you have to play him. Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, it's through. Uh, I mean, obviously he's playing well enough. So get this stat: in the last nine games in which Alvin Kamara has scored at least one touchdown, he's scored at least two. So Alvin Kamara hasn't had a one-touchdown game, a single-touchdown game, since 2018. You'll remember last, last year in 2019, he scored six touchdowns, but all of them were in 
three games. He had three two-touchdown games. He scored twice in each game so far this year. Alvin Kamara, by nature of what happened, of course, uh, to Barkley and McCaffrey, is the rest of season overall number one fantasy player. There's And I don't think there's anybody who's even in the same stratosphere right now. That's how good he's been. So for me, this is Michael Thomas, it's Drew Brees, it's Alvin Kamara. Check the status of Jared Cook. He got dinged up at the end of that game. And it was good to see some signs of life from Emmanuel Sanders getting in the end zone at the end of that game against Green Bay. But if Michael Thomas is back, I have everybody uh, in this receiving core on the bench until I get more clarity on this situation. And then on the other side, the Lions, it was DeAndre Swift was done. It was Adrian Peterson and Kerryon Johnson. So... The problem with Adrian Peterson is that he's good. Okay? And I and I know that sounds dumb. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The problem is this isn't like this isn't like Frank Gore averaging three and a half yards a carry. Adrian Peterson is going to play because coaches love him because he's good. And the the Lions just won, giving DeAndre Swift like five snaps, no carries. And Adrian Peterson looked good. The problem for Peterson is he doesn't catch the ball, and he's got to score a touchdown to be relevant for fantasy himself. So he's only a middling flex play. DeAndre Swift right now is a drop. Well, he's not. I wouldn't drop him because of his talent. Uh, but right now he is a bench stash. I would drop Carryon Johnson, um, Matthew Stafford. I think things are looking up for him. Tough matchup for Kenny Galladay this week with Marshawn Lattimore, probably more in the wide receiver two range. Uh, Marvin Jones has not done a whole lot this year. He's probably on your bench right now. Maybe you anticipate this game is high scoring and you want to put Marvin Jones in your lineup, and I'm okay with that. TJ Hawkinson, to me, is the number two receiver on this team right now, though. And he hasn't had a huge year, but he's had a good year. And I think I think that's a good thing for him to build off of. So I would consider TJ Hawkinson on the tight end one radar. Next up, Cleveland and Dallas. Should be a lot of points, I would expect, Joe. Start him if you got him. Uh, yeah, uh, just keep in mind, Kareem Hunt is dinged up. So keep an eye on his status. Um, they're calling him day-to-day. But if he's dinged up, this actually raises the ceiling, I think. Well, A, for Nick Chubb, of course, because he can catch the ball. But also for maybe Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Right now, to me... Jarvis Landry is a guy you have on your bench. He's not getting enough volume. He's just not. And and he's always been a volume receiver. So he's on your bench. Odell Beckham, I would think in this matchup, Dallas has an abominable secondary. I think Odell Beckham is a wide receiver too. And I think you can consider streaming Baker Mayfield. I mean, this Dallas defense, they are one awful, awful play by the Atlanta Falcons away from being 0-3. And uh, and I think the rest of the NFC East is kind of clouding that. But this is a really bad Cowboy defense that, that that is going to give up a lot of points. Baker Mayfield, I think, is going to be an exceptionally popular DFS quarterback this week. Odell Beckham, people are probably going to take a shot on him. And I, I, I can't really argue against it right now. I mean, th- this Dallas defense has offered zero resistance this morning. On the other side, the Cowboys offense, they've had some O-line issues going against yep. the Browns. Well, uh, here, here's the, the problem. And now they're saying Lyle Collins has kind of a, uh, uh, a hip injury, and he's going to try to play through it, but, you know, he thinks he can play through it. That doesn't sound great to me. No. Um, it's, it, it, sounds like, um, it sounds like it's something that probably requires surgery. And I think I just saw a quote, and forgive, I'm not quoting it exactly, but I just saw it on Twitter as we were recording, that essentially somebody said if the Cowboys were kind of out of it, they'd shut him down and give him surgery. 
Uh, obviously, I mean, I think it'd be a miracle if they didn't win this division right now with how everybody else is playing. But um, it sounds like something that could be a problem even when he comes back. Tyron Smith, they haven't cleared him for contact yet, but he is practicing on a limited basis this week. That will help against this Cleveland pass rush. And I mean, what, what, what you need to see about Dallas is Dak Prescott did not play his best game last week. You know, um, I, he should have been picked off on the final drive before the in, in, in interception uh, hit the the uh, the Seahawk defender right in the chest, and it popped into the air, and Michael Gallup caught it. Um, so, but Dak Prescott didn't play his best game and threw for 472 yards. I mean, they they have the weapons. Their defense is so bad; it's the perfect storm for everybody. It, it being in consideration for fantasy, that rave, that Brown secondary has been dinged up. So Gallup, Cooper, Lamb, all should probably be in your lineups. Dak for sure is in your lineup. Um, and Ezekiel Elliott, as much as he struggled this year, especially with the drops, I don't know what's going on there. He's in your lineup as well. And I think you could consider Dalton Schultz, the tight end with how Dallas's defense is played with how this offense looks. Uh, it's a, it's an all systems go team for me for fantasy. What about, Joe, the Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, uh, Cincinnati, the offensive line has been a big problem, and I really want uh, to see against a team like Jacksonville, which really does not have a great defense, I want to see if Joe Mixon can get going. Um, it, for now, unfortunately, it looks like the same problem for Joe Mixon last year. He's not involved enough in the passing game, and the offensive line isn't opening holes. I understand I'm getting a ton of questions about him, but this should be a game in which he can get going. Uh, I'm also waiting to see on AJ Green. He's a wide receiver three to me at this point. I will acknowledge last week against Philadelphia, I thought Darius Slay put a freaking blanket on AJ Green. But the question is, um, AJ Green, who had two bad games to open the season, if he didn't face off against Darius Slay, would he have, would he have had a big game against Philadelphia? I'm not sure because Joe Burrow seemed to really like throwing the ball to T. Higgins. Um, so T. Higgins is somebody I'm probably not starting in week four, but he, he is a, pr- a premier ad off the waiver wire um, if uh, if uh, if he's available so you can add him to the end of your bench. So uh, he might be somebody who's going to get more snaps at the X. Uh, Tyler Boyd is the guy here, though, for, for Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow, who uh, is second in the NFL in pass attempts to Dak Prescott, is firmly on the QB1 radar here for Cincinnati. Jacksonville on the other side. Pretty James disappointing Ro- last time yeah. out other than James Robinson. He is the real deal, man. I mean, he's an RB1 right now, uh, and uh, I, I'm just stunned. Uh, and I think the fact that the Jags are a little bit more competitive than we thought is part of this, but he's also better than we thought, and you, you have to adjust based on that, and he has to be in your lineups right now. He's probably the only Jag who I feel should be in every lineup. Uh, I want to check the status of DJ Chark. If he doesn't go again, I think you could consider Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault. Um, Cole is kind of a low-end wide receiver three if Chark does play. Sounds like they were just cautious because it was the short week last week, so I'm kind of expecting Chark to be in there this week. And uh, and also um, for Jacksonville against the Cincinnati defense, I think Gardner Minshew's in play this week as well. Um, moving on, we got the Colts and the Bears. I think we got to start with the Bears Nick Foles is now the starter, and what does that mean for some of the other skill guys? Uh, uh, it means the arrow is pointing up, and and if you listen to this podcast all summer, you knew my favorite third-round target was Allen Robinson. And part of the reason I, I targeted Allen Robinson was I knew um, eventually the production would be there, it, whether it was Mitchell Trubisky or Foles. And if the, and if the production wasn't there with Trubisky, Foles was going to get into the lineup. That's exactly what happened. I said on last week's program, according to Sports Info Solutions – 
Robinson was targeted 18 times in the first two games of the season. He had uh, he had only eight catches on those 18 targets. But according to Sports Info Solutions, he caught every target that was accurate. So that shows you Mitchell Trubisky was the problem. Nick, look, Nick Foles, he always wears out his welcome wherever he is because he's never as good as you as his as his heights and it's some he has these games sometimes where he melts down and he doesn't process quickly but let's just be frank he's a much better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky he raises the ceiling of this entire offense so Jimmy Graham is now firmly on the streamable tight end radar Nick Foles loves throwing to the tight end Anthony Miller, who they've had some issues with. They, they, um, the reports were that uh, they weren't fond of uh, the way he was running his routes. So um, Anthony Miller, though, he was up to a season-high number in snaps and routes in week number three. He's now on the radar. You should be picking him up because Nick Foles loves throwing to the slot receiver. And with Tariq Cohen out for the season, David Montgomery is firmly on the RB1 radar. I don't know if he's that kind of talent, but I do know he's going to have that kind of role going forward. Also monitor the role of Cordero Patterson, what happens behind David Montgomery in that backfield. Um, on the other side, what about the Colts? Uh, so the Colts are kind of a narrow fantasy team right now. Um, Phillip Rivers is not a great fantasy quarterback. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the only guy you can consider in this backfield. Uh, probably would have gotten more work out of him if, if the, that game was in any way competitive last week um, against the Jets. Uh Unfortunately, Sam Darnold threw two pick sixes, so the offense doesn't have to take the field in those instances. But Jonathan Taylor is obviously a stud. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, with the injuries to Michael Pittman now and obviously Paris Campbell, you hope he does a little bit more. He has been super quiet so far this year. Keep an eye on Zach Pascal and see what his role is, but he's not somebody who's startable. The problem for Mo Alley Cox is uh, he had a decent game last week. He got in the end zone, but he ran only seven routes in that game. He caught three passes for 50 yards. Do Are they going to con- keep giving more routes to Jack Doyle, who wasn't even targeted in that game? I'm probably sitting everybody here except for Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton. Last game here in episode one. Remember, we do two episodes every week during the season of the Fantasy Feast podcast to make it a little bit more digestible for you guys. One is Wednesday early afternoon. The other one we drop in your podcast app after midnight on Thursday morning. Last one we'll look at is the Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Arizona coming off Kyler Murray. He got picked three times. Should have been picked four. He was really forcing it. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's a guy who kind of uncorks it, Ross. And I I wonder if he's always gonna be a guy who makes you say, "What the hell was he doing?" Like like he's he's a playmaker. He has that mentality, and like we're seeing with uh, not not comparing Kyler's season to that of Carson Wentz, but like you're seeing with Carson Wentz, and you've seen with Josh Allen in the past, guys who have that playmaker's mentality sometimes just make you shake your head and be like, "Dude, like you." you lost us this game or you made some really bad plays, but for fantasy, that mentality, I like to see it. Kyler's going to run around. He's going to try to make plays. He's going to throw the ball down the field. It's what we saw with Jameis Winston last year. And we got a lot of fantasy production out of it. So Kyler is, yeah, he struggled as a thrower this year. He is not in the MVP conversation. Like people thought he might've been um, before the year, 
But he's getting it done for fantasy. He's run for four touchdowns so far this year. I love Kyler Murray for fantasy. I love him this week against a really bad Carolina defense. Going to make a prediction here. I think Kenyon Drake gets in the box this week. I, I know people are, are asking me, you know, what's going on with Kenyon Drake? There's two problems. A, number one, Kyler Murray has four rushing touchdowns. That's the big problem. The problem that I didn't anticipate is that Kenyon Drake has only five targets through three games. That I did not anticipate. DeAndre Hopkins has hogged up all the targets. I thought Arizona, and this is my fault because I faded DeAndre Hopkins this this summer, I thought that they were going to spread the ball out a little bit more. Not to say Hopkins would have a bad season, but that I thought they were going to spread it out where Hopkins has maybe 80 catches instead of 100. That has not come to pass just yet. I wonder if, uh, given all the interceptions that Murray threw, they're going to be like, Kyler, take the check down a little bit more. But my prediction for this game against Carolina is Kenyon Drake gets off the schneid, gets in the end zone. He's had 20. He Basically, he's averaging 20 touches a game. You cannot bench a guy who's averaging 20 touches a game in a high-powered offense. You can't do it. Understand that it's been disappointing. But he has been um, very, very good uh, in terms of usage. And I think eventually that's going to be rewarded in the stat sheet. Carolina, uh, what about them on the other side? Yeah. How about Mike Davis's Christian McCaffrey impression? Yeah. That's pretty impressive, wasn't it? So how about so uh consider this with Mike Davis, okay? Christian McCaffrey has seven receptions this year. Mike Davis, Mike Davis, the very one one insane, has more than seven receptions in each of the last two games. He has eight in each of the last two games. He's great in the passing game. He is a hammer RB1 until Christian McCaffrey comes back. I'm, I'm DJ Moore, you have to keep playing him. Uh, the air yards are there. He's getting targeted down the field. And Robbie Anderson is a wide receiver three this week. So Mike Davis, uh, DJ Moore, and, and uh, Robbie Anderson probably are all in your lineups this week. That'll do it for episode number one of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast, but there's a bunch more games to get to. Buffalo, Vegas, New England against the Chiefs, Eagles, Niners, and a Monday nighter that should be good for a lot of fantasy dudes. We'll talk about that on episode two. Make sure you're subscribed and check it out. It'll be dropped in your podcast app shortly after midnight right now i'm stuffed but always room for a little bit of dessert here on the fantasy feast podcast i think we're done here thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast even money business of sports and the college draft all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found